0: In the Springs, episode number 81, Comedian Chris Caesar.
1: i don't know where i am today i think i know a thing or two about making people laugh what is this you know you're like how is this possible you don't want to dissect comedy you you know you know how the sausage is made right i don't feel secure in are traveling all the time and you know i just don't think it's gonna work between us <laughs> Well look man. Yeah. You you you're top
0: notch in my book in this town. <laughs> Thanks Chris. I appreciate that man. All right, Chris Caesar. What's up man? We're doing this thing man. Let's we're do it. we're rolling. All right. All right. So we're going to kind of start at the start. You and I haven't met. We tried to trade uh, uh, Facebook messages, but you blocked me. I get yeah. That. I get that a lot. No worries, there. This is no, this is a testament to
1: to my to my marketing skills. Like somebody actually tries to contact me for something that that could be good or beneficial. It Goes right into space. And it goes. I I'm like, I can't even function on Facebook. That's the level of attention I give to my career.
0: So so tell me a little bit about your your comedy background yeah like how you started how long you've been doing it and then kind of how you ended up doing what you're doing currently which is a little bit different than the traditional stand-up model
1: yeah, I don't know if I want to get into what I because I don't know where I am today. But I'll 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 definitely give you the backstory, and then um, you know we'll go from there. And and depending on how I feel, maybe I'll give you all the details of what my life consists
0: of. <laughs> so we don't have to <laughs> yeah. go that deep.
1: <laughs> no, okay. Well, look, I mean the story the story is probably similar to a lot of comics. I I mean, I started when I was 19. I got on my first open mic just on, you know, on, on, on a whim. I heard, uh, heard something on the radio. I had done theater and stuff growing up. Like as a kid, I was in like commercials and, and that kind of shit.
0: And it was just down in Texas.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. I grew up in Texas and, uh, um, You know, I, there was this the, the, the commercial came on. Hey, come down and open my, I don't know, it was on a Wednesday or some off night or something like that. And I specifically remember, like, thinking, like, oh, that's tomorrow. I can put something together. <laughs> <laughs> How hard could it be? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, look, I've been in several high school plays. <laughs> I think I know a thing or two. About making people laugh, <laughs> uh, so and and I and you know it was such a cliche because, you know, you, you know when when you don't know anything about about stand up, uh, you know, you just think what what have I found funny, and let me try and emulate that somehow, right? And so I mean I specifically remember doing a very like, I mean my parents are Mexican, right? You know I, I'm 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 American, but I'm first generation. And so I, you know, I'm connected to the culture and so forth. So I remember doing this very, like, Mexican-American kind of you know, woman voice. And I, 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 I swear I had like a hair clip that I put in or something like, and just really got sassy with it. And, uh, you know, and I think we got five minutes or something like that and, and got off stage and
0: I was like, well, that was brilliant. You know, that was, <laughs> I didn't mean, know. Did it in all honesty? did it feel like it went well? Did you get a response from the crowd? Or? Well, yeah, you know, but none of that means anything, you know,
1: like, but you don't know that you don't know that until, you have some kind of basis for 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 what is um, I don't know contributing to the art of stand-up and comedy and you know some some kind of take some kind of point of view that might be yours you know. And and so yeah, I mean, I'm sure th- there was laughs, you know, uh, and comparatively maybe it was better or funnier. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> you, you know, I. It, but also the point is that like, you know, if you put if you put ten comics on stage and they all then they all did moderately well, every one of those comics will think they had the best set that night. Right, right, <laughs> right. So yeah, I killed it. You know. <laughs>
0: The hooks were in and you were done. Yeah, man. I murdered. So (laughs) now, did you actually write material for that first time on stage? Or did you just sort of like come up with this, you know general idea of what I'm going to try to do to make people laugh or did you have even yeah there was no
1: jokes there was no jokes it was just like I mean I remember trying to write something um, uh, you know the night before but I remember but it was it was really about ideas like like what I would consider more like oh that could be a sketch or something like that you know because that's I mean, that's what I was nineteen. I had some theater background, and I remember writing some, you know, some some comedy sketches for a high school thing that, that we did. And so that's what I knew. And and so I basically created a character, and just kind of, you know, became that character, which, you know, could be stand up, I guess. But there wasn't any. There was no joke structure. There was no written punchlines, really.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So now, after that first time, was there anything about that experience that prompted you to continue? Pursuing stand up or was it just another creative outlet? You did plays, you did sketch, and now I'm gonna do stand up as well. Or was there something specific about that where it's like this is kind of the thing that I'm I'm gonna get into?
1: Yeah, well that happens when somebody says, I'll pay you to do it. Right. And so I remember continuing to do um open mics. Um, you know, I went I went uh I was in college at the time and I was uh, you know i was an athlete in college i had an injury and then uh, i had a lot of time on my hands and just went to every open mic i could i could go to you know there was a there was a weekly one in austin and then there was one in san antonio and um you know so everyone that i could that i could get to and i did that for a year and after about a year um you know i got asked to to, to open some shows and And then once you get that i mean when you get your first check you're like what is this you know you're like how is this possible especially at 20 years old you know like i've only had like a paper route and like i've been a waiter or whatever and you know somebody hands you uh uh what would it have been it's like 10 bucks a show or something like that but then at the end of the week if you're doing a wednesday to sunday hey you know not bad right So, yeah, I mean, I would say that I think that energizes you and and you think, you know, wow, if this, you know, if I can can do something I love and enjoy and not be in the grind, like I know my parents work their ass off, like this is a
0: totally different route for me. So, yeah. And did you feel, at what point did it feel like you were developing sort of your... And I hate this word, but your voice. Yeah. So that first time on stage, like you kind of said, it was a sort of a parody of what I think would be funny, and it's kind of a sketch. But d- did you feel like you were getting more personal with your material, or when did it feel like this is really Chris Caesar now?
1: Yeah. Well, I think what you mean when you, you know when we say voice, I think what we mean is point of view. There you go. And so, and, and you know, and 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 yeah, I mean, I think you know if I was smart and had I known if if I'd have had anybody who told me anything about stand up and that's that's an interesting thing about the comedy community like I don't know too many communities where there're like is mentors that like help younger comics like it tends to be and it's not true of every community but it tends to be really competitive and really kind of like um you know a bunch of comics talking about how shitty you are on stage in the back and then you get off and they're like Man, that was great great sad you know and you know and that's just kind of the name of the game right but um You know, I think also there's this sort of there's this sort of um, just cultural thing that we believe that you're either you're funny or you're not. You're born funny. You either know how to do this or you don't. Which, in my opinion, like, that's just complete horseshit. Like, there is absolutely joke structure, and you can learn how to write a joke. And and so, and a lot of people, I mean, I think it makes it more magical or mysterious, or like, it makes you cooler or better, like, if there's no way to learn it, right. you know? And I think that's what people are hanging on to. But, like, I mean, Drew Carey, for example, like, he's he's straight up. You know, he was like, "I I learned stand up out of a book, like, and there are many books that you could read that that have something to say about joke writing." Yeah, you know, but you know, to the point of you know, when, you know, what your question was—a point of view. I mean, I think most comics. What happens is, is that you just you just start writing jokes, and then all of a sudden, you have a set, and you're not really sure why you have that set, other than it's things that you either have experienced or find funny or whatever and so inherently you start to create a point of view um, or or you just accidentally are just you know just like vomiting jokes out and then that, that I think is the difference in like whether a comic grows or not is like you know are they saying something that's true to them and are they contributing something that's true to them and I think for me it was experiential. It was about, you know, it was very and I'm I like most comics, you know, you listen to Bill Hicks and you go, Oh God, like that's well, it's like the Rolling Stones of Comedy, like, you know, and you just go like, God, you know, I wish I could be that cool. But, you know, he was it was it was basically social critique. And um I feel like for me, in my experiences, I was critiquing what it was like to grow up where i did what it was like to be catholic what it was like you know to be um i don't know just a, a dude that was like trying to get laid i mean but these are common themes is the thing and then uh, you know seinfeld had had this thing he's like basically you know you are however many years you've been doing comedy is like your age you know what i mean like you've been doing five years like yeah, yeah. yeah like you're doing like and i i like i connect with that like yeah. it takes a long time to like get all of that stuff out before you're like t- talking about things that you are a part of that everybody else is a part of in my opinion that are part of the human condition. Yeah. So I I mean I think guys like Louis CK and you know Richard Pryor and
0: George Carlin and you know I mean they they hit on that, you know. Well, and it almost it almost sounds like they're It's, it's, it's almost like an authenticity. It's not necessarily that you're trying to be something or trying to get to something gritty or real or raw, but something that's true to you. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily like Bill Hicks, like you said, he was, you know, the Rolling Stones of comedy, but there was also an authenticity. That's who he was. Yeah. And, you know, just developing that persona on stage. and
1: hundred percent. But he also started when he was like a teenager, right? Right. right. And so he had like all those early years. He got to get all that other stuff out. I mean, the Bill Hicks that we know was not the Bill Hicks at 16 or whatever when he started, you know, at, at, at whatever, Laughs in Houston. or I can't remember where it was. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he got all that he got all that out and, and you know, and he was one that said, you know, I write everything on stage and you know, on a certain level like I connect with that. I think a lot of comics do. I try to do as much writing off stage as I can, but sometimes you just gotta let yourself
0: be on stage and be yourself and
1: good things happen.
0: Yeah. You know. Jokes well, will happen. Well, yeah. you know, one of the things you had mentioned is the idea of teaching stand up comedy and Drew Carey learning it from a book, and there is sort of this mystique that that's not how you do it. You have to just kind of go and figure it out. And this may be a question that's not fair to you, but how do you think that that happened? Why do we have that idea that stand-up comedy isn't something that's teachable? You have to go out and, and... you know, climb up the mountain and talk to the guru and figure it out or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think because it's not something that we generally think you need to study. I just think it's not, you know, and, and also again, I think, you know, what I was saying earlier is that people enjoy that. Like, you you know, they feel like you just have it or you don't, you know, it's kind of like, but I think you could say that about a lot of things. Like, you know, you either have the talent or you don't, but the fact is it's like anything else. You work at it, you study it. And and you get better at it. So, I mean, where does it come from? I don't know. Other than probably most, you know, if if you want to go make some money, you don't think, like, I better get into some stand-up. You know what <laughs> I mean? So, like, otherwise, you, you know, everybody would be doing it and learning and studying it very, very right. closely, right? Because it's, you know, it's a long shot uh, in a lot of ways, right? So, that's pro- I mean, that's that's got to be some of it. I mean, the other thing is that, you don't want to dissect comedy because then you don't enjoy it. It's like, a, you know, like, I mean, I hate to compare comedy to magic because, you know, God forbid, <laughs> but like once you know, Oh oh, that's how it's done. You
0: know, it's over. Right. You right. know, so we're, we're literally the magic is gone right. when you start to dissect it and, and right. analyze
1: it in a lot bit. of ways. I mean, I, I won't say it entirely because like I can still go out and enjoy a show, but, but, uh, you know, I can't sit. You know, I can't just go to the average comedy club and sit for an hour and a half. Like you know, you right. got, it's got to be a certain comic, and it's you know, you I can you you can sustain it for a certain amount of time because, you you know you know how the sausage is made, right?
0: Right. right. <laughs> so now, going back to your comedy path, you know, kind of cutting your teeth in in uh, uh, Texas, and then you made the move to. Los Angeles from from there, or did you do road work prior? What was that transition like for you?
1: Yeah, well, I was was really fortunate. Like, you know, there was, you know, quite a bit of work when I first started and, and probably got more work than I was ready to get. And, but I had a lot, you know, when I started, you know, when I got 30 minutes, there was a lot of comics who were willing to, you know, take me on the road and, and get me gigs, which I think, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't even appreciate at the time because I didn't know any better. I didn't know how fortunate I was and I didn't know like how rare that could be if you were in a more saturated market or something like that, you know? Um... But yeah, I mean, you know, I got onto some USO and MWR tours, and that was extremely fulfilling for me. You know, I was early twenties doing doing those kinds of gigs, and you know, it's still to this day, um, you know, the, the the gigs that I hold in my memory forever. You know, and and uh, yeah, and then from there, you know, moved to LA and was there for several years, and and you know now I tell people like uh, for me at least you know LA is not the place you go to be creative in my opinion it's the place you go to take your creation and uh, you know because I get there and I was just like really stifled by like uh, there's just you know it's more about like how can I use stand up to do something else than how can I be a great stand up you know Mostly. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously it's L.A. There's a ton of comics and there's a ton of amazingly talented comics. But for the most part, you go to the average show and, and, you know, it's just it doesn't feel like a place that's nurturing the
0: (laughs) the creative juices. Is it just that competitive nature of Los Angeles? Like you said, there's so many talented incredible people there is it just that that either real or perceived pressure of, of competition that kind of stifles the creativity well
1: uh, i mean i'll just compare it to new york and there is no comparison so you go to new york and you can get on any professional show like you, if you go to any professional show on a saturday night you're gonna see top-notch stand-up comics who are second to none um but if you do the same thing and you're in la there's a lot of fluff you know, and there's just like, who is this guy and who did he know to get on a show at nine o'clock at the improv? I don't know. I mean, I mean, look, I, you know, and I don't want to I don't want to be the guy that's like, you know, dumping on uh, on the scene or whatever, because I'm nobody. But I mean, I can just talk to like I can only speak to my experience. And all I know is that like. Look, a city like New York is 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 you know, people go out and they're serious about their their evening entertainment, okay? That's Broadway. That's like that's where everybody's at. And so I think the expectation is much higher, too. Um, and, and I think like in a, in a lot of ways in New York, standup is like the ends. Um, whereas in LA it's the means, I I think more often than not. And so, you know, there's, there's actors doing it, or there's people that are also have like three other kinds of things. They want to be a writer, they want to be a producer or whatever. And you're just trying to get exposure and, and do, and, you know, experiment and whatever.
0: So I don't know. That's my take on it. Well, you know, and I don't want to get too like you know inside the actor's studio or anything too heavy, but I, I love I love the the idea that, that you said L.A. is a place not to be creative, but where you take your creation. Yeah. So w- w- could, can you kind of expand on that? What yeah. do you What do you mean by that? Because I, I, my knee jerk reaction is I agree with that sentiment, but I can't quite put my finger on why.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what it means. Is that look? There's a lot of opportunity in LA to create something more than um, what you've built. And, and I think, um, y- you know, the, the, the way that the industry has changed, in my opinion, is that nobody wants to develop anything anymore. You better come to them with a finished product. So if, if you view your stand up and yourself and, you know, your career as a product, then that's where you take your product. And then somebody will be like, you know what, you should do with this. And you'll be a millionaire, you know, I mean, I don't know, like, you'll have your own show, you'll get Tosh.0, you'll, you know, why you should be an actor, and we can build a sitcom off of you, I, you know, and that's what happens to great stand-ups in New York, they, they, they finally, you know, their management or their agency says, look, we can't do anything more for you unless you move to L.A., right and so that's kind of the you know that's the that's the 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 cliche I think but you know more and more because of just because of the nature of I think um you know technology cameras equipment becoming more affordable there's more cities where you can just you can be a stand-up live there and make a good living you know and and like have your own show in Atlanta have your own show in Atlantic City. Right, right. Miami, you know, um, whatever. And and I think there's plenty of comics that are doing that. You might not ever know them on a national scale, perhaps, but making... But I think that's great. I think that's great for stand-ups, and I think it's great for, for entertainment in general, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, so after doing L.A. for a bit... Um and I may be kind of gumming up the timeline, but you ended up here <laughs> here in Colorado Springs.
1: Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean... So and and that's not. I mean, I, I look. I, I I see now. I don't even know where to go with this because we got real personal earlier. <laughs> and I don't even know who's listening to this shit. You know what I
0: mean? It's just uh, gonna be my mom, your mom. That's about <laughs> it. So you know,
1: I had a shot, and we were we were we were you know getting to know each other, and I start telling you all this garbage. I mean, look, my uh, you know my story is that. You know, I worked the road for a while. I was in LA. I had some opportunities, and I did a few things here and there. And I, there was a girl, and we tried to make it work, and it didn't. And then I was miserable in LA, and I couldn't be in LA anymore, and I left. And I was like, and and this such like, like I like I've never studied psychology, but if I was to psychoanalyze, like what happened? Yeah, basically she was like I don't know you're, I don't feel secure and you're traveling all the time and you know I just don't think it's gonna work between us and like instead of you know saying well f- you know get, get the fuck out of here you know I was like you're right you know just I'll change my life for you and then it didn't work anyway And then instead of like just pushing through, I think it like crushed my spirit, you know, like if I'm honest and whatever, like, I mean, I think there's an element of that because I'll never forget, like I got, I got offered this, um, this pilot to, uh, you know, it was this show that was kind of like, um, um, I was going to, I don't know, it was like, you know, like like that Chris Hardwick show now. I, can't, I don't even know what it is. It's like some late night thing. Oh, the
0: Talking Dead. Oh, no, At Midnight.
1: At Midnight. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like that where like, you know, you had a panel of comics and um, and then there's a host to that and then there's just like different scenarios and you pretend, the show is like them pretending like they're just coming up with it on the spot, but obviously all that stuff is written beforehand, right? Yeah, And so you know, it was a show like that. And that was, this is like 10 years ago. And, 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 um, so I was gonna, I was, you know, I was gonna be, I was gonna be a a writer on the show and do, among other things, a buddy of mine had put this together. It went through a network, picked it up. And, um, and then before we even shot the pilot, it got pulled. Right. But it was, you know, for me, it was going to be, it was going to be a very significant milestone in my career. You know, and even I was like, I don't know, I was only 26 at the time, maybe. Um, But, you know, and for a 26 year old, then for that to fall through, even though like in L.A. that happens every day, which I didn't know. You know, it's like you know, nothing's done until it's done and it's on the air, and then you know, and then you just got to do something else, right? Which is how the industry works. Like nobody understands. Like even if that happened for me, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that I would have had a long and successful career, right? But in my mind, it meant everything, right? Yeah. And so, like, I remember calling my ex and like and just like telling her, like, you know, this thing fell through, and like, you know, and I just like so. Depressed, just <laughs> like terrible. It was like the you know, and and for her, she was probably like, ah, oh, who gives a shit, you know. Like, and I, but she, and she said something like, she said something like, um, well, okay, well, I just don't, you know, I just you know, just wondering when you're gonna start making some real money at this thing, you know. And, <laughs> I was like, I I couldn't believe it. And like, look, she came from like a well-to-do family. She was in med school at the time. Right. And I think like, if I look back, like she didn't, she didn't want to be like taking care of me. Right. And I never wanted that for, I was doing fine. Like eating ramen. Like I didn't care. Right. But that was the beginning of the end. And, uh, you know, it just like collapsed after that. But, and, and then I just remember like, I just didn't know how much more I wanted to invest, and so I went back to grad school. I got my graduate degree. You know, I, um, I look. I'm. I'm. I have some. You know, I work at a college now. I have a fancy title. You know, and I still do stand up, and I still do. You know, I still do a bunch of other things that make me happy. But, you know, I, I feel like now I'm. I'm getting passionate again about stand up, and I'm writing a lot again, and so. I don't know, man. In a way, like, I'm, I lost what, like, fed me from the beginning, which was, like, you know, that that thrill of creating something, taking it on stage, and having it validated, you know? Instantly. Yes. Which is, like, completely totally unique about this art form is like you know immediately whether you got that validation or not and you're only seeking one thing like what other art form are you only looking for
0: one response and you know whether you got it immediately yeah i mean in hindsight and this is kind of a loaded question but the experience you had in la the experience you had with the you know the potential for a pilot and that opportunity and having that fall through being able to look back on that do you see the value in that in terms of Understanding why stand up is important to you, and it's not about that external validation or that external success. Oh God! Or, in quotes, success. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I mean, it's a funny question, right?
1: Because like, um, there's a relationship between you and the audience. There's a relationship between everything that you create, and whether whether it's an audience that's in front of you immediately, or whether it's an audience that you're writing for. The ultimately. The response is the validation the enjoyment is the validation right so I don't think you can separate the two which you know what we were talking about earlier in some way feels inherently selfish right the, right 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 because it's sort of like oh well this is all about like me and like validating whether I'm good and funny and you know and but at the same time how else would you know if you were any good
0: <laughs> right how else would you know if it worked well right? it, maybe what I was trying to ask is like for instance with the pilot there's so components of the entertainment industry, like from a layperson's perspective, you can be creative and incredible and, and talented, but then there's, there's forces outside of you that say whether or not that gets to the audience. And so it sounds like the pilot might be an example of that, that the powers that be for whatever reason pulled the plug and that's out of your control. Oh, I see what you're saying. And So having the, you know, kind of going back to the simplicity of walking up on a stage in front of 11 people (laughs) tonight and making them laugh. You are in charge of that. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning. There was eleven people here tonight. Hundred <laughs> so
1: eleven. Hundred eleven. 11 uh, well, hey,
0: just, but still, it was a good show. To be fair. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah.
1: To be fair, look, it's a Thursday. It's really cold outside. Okay. <laughs> and uh,
0: there's a debate on it or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, look. I mean, uh, I I hear what you're saying. I I think. I mean I, I don't know how to respond to that other than like I I would do anything in the industry that contribute I like you know comedy comedy writing like I mean I'm a performer too I feel like you know my acting background I've done a bunch of independent film and stuff like that I mean you know it's it's a creative outlet for me in any way that you look at it and so you know but there is something very pure about stand up and there is something that that you can own and can be yours like, even, even if it's not a great set, like, it's yours. And you go out there and, like, you, 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 you try to connect. And, you know, uh, for me, there, uh, there's not a time in my life that I can imagine where stand-up won't be a part in some way, you know. Uh, so, uh, I, I don't know if it's a return or I don't know how to answer your question exactly. But there is something very unique and special.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, can I ask you about the uh, the day job, or do you prefer not to <laughs> not to talk about that? I don't want to put you on the spot, but you work you mentioned you worked for a college, yeah. And I don't want to give, yeah. give the name of the college <laughs> if you're not comfortable. Well, here's what here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say.
1: Um, you know, there's 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 been an opportunity. I mean, the work that I do is actually like in some ways, in some ways we We perform um, you know, at work, you wear different masks. you you know, and it doesn't mean that you're faking. There's different parts of you that perform differently at different times and in different scenarios. And I think that, you know though i I, I will say that like, you know the ability the ability to be present and sincere is is something that I've learned on stage. And that carries over to every facet of, of my life, I think, being present and being sincere. And, uh, you know, in, in the work that I do at the college, I think that that that's certainly true. There's There's an element of helping, you know, that fulfills me. Like, this is part of my life where I feel like, you know, where in stand-up in comedy, you could say like, "Oh, people, you know, I'm helping people. They benefit, and they had a rough day, and they came, and they, you know, they uh, they got some laughs, and they laughed, and they felt good, and that's my contribution, right?" And you could tell yourself that, but it feels it feels selfish at the end of the day because you're, you're, you're always kind of sick about whether you did well that night or not. It's always mostly about you, I think. And so the work that I do at the college, it's so obviously about other people. And it's so obviously about the students that I work with. And so for me, I don't have, I don't have that hole anymore where I go like, is this just like, you know, me, you know, just, sucking up my life with like self-validation and just like, you know, trying to, I don't know, like I'm not absorbed with those thoughts anymore. And I know not every comic has that, you know, they're just, uh, you know, but I don't have that thing that allows you to just be happy, you know? Right. And, and I think actually most comics are pretty miserable. Right? Um, but for me that was this really big hole in the fact that like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I, I couldn't convince myself that that what I was doing was really contributing in in, in a very meaningful way, and and some people you know uh, would would just like you know disagree with me flat out. But I I felt that way, and so now that I have this in my life and like I'm, um, you know, it's 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 such an obvious sort of like I'm thinking about other students all the time and how they're doing and 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 really you know being a support system. Um, you know, stand up for me can just be about stand up. You know, and and something that I've created at the college is, uh, you know, I teach a, I teach an agile class as well, and which is full circle now. You know, comedy writing can absolutely be taught, and and they, uh, they are completely fantastic and brilliant. And if you, if you're, what I found is that if you're able to find, um, a student of of comedy um, before they've l- learned anything it's it's like the sky is the limit because like they 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 they're not they're not, like, tainted, and there's no obstruction of, like, being in this comedy community that's, like, kind of hateful and spiteful and are teaching a lot of the wrong things, right, you know? Right, right. And so it's, you know, in that way, too, it's been really fulfilling for me. And as I say this, though, like, if I think of the comic that I was 10, you know, plus years ago or whatever in the comics that I hung out with... And, you know, I remember, you know, other comics that would come to the club and do workshops and stuff like that. And it was like, and it was like, you know, the most, it was like, it was almost as though they were, it was like an act of violence.
0: Uh, you know, like all the other comics. <laughs> Confrontational. Comic- <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, like other comics couldn't believe, like, who does this comic think he is? Like that can teach this, like just trying to take money. And you know what? There, there are definitely guys out there that are doing that, and you know, and you know, but that's not, you know, for me, it, it, it it's, it's not. To, to me like I, I get where I get where comics pick that up from but I think it comes A from that thing that we were talking about earlier it can't be taught so therefore this must be a scam right and and, and B I mean I think I think people just want to hate you know <laughs> like just, people just want to hate on you know uh, that's bottom line yeah
0: but yeah I mean it's yeah that's what I'm doing today nice well chris Caesar, man it was a pleasure thanks man i'm I'm glad it worked out that we had a chance to sit down and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend here looney's thanks man all right take care so there you have it stand-up comedian chris Caesar. my sincere thanks to chris for taking time out to be on the show thank you to eric and the folks at looney's comedy corner for their continued support as always thank you for listening and i hope you enjoyed the episode Until next time, I'm Ryan Lowry, and we'll see you again right here in the Springs.